Not it took me a few months to learn each 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 person's names. I don't know. It was hard in the beginning, but uh, we've been speaking about different emotions uh, on Sundays, and we've been getting uh, a different emotions from the Book of Psalms. And we've been studying the Book of Psalms because in the Book of Psalms we find that King David wrote a lot of of his psalms. You know, not just from the heart but from the situation that he was facing at the moment. And today, I want to speak on the subject of fear when you're scared senseless. So we all have fears in our lives. We have fears. Uh, those fears, you know, can be uh, real, and some of those fears may not be so real. But I want us today to study what happened to King David, you know, when he was feeling really, really scared, how he was thinking, what did he do in the end to appease, to calm down, to overcome the fear that he was feeling. So I want to take you to the book of Psalms, chapter 55, verse 1 to 23. We're just going to read a few verses, and then we're going to discuss the topic, okay? Uh, Psalm 55, 1 to 23 says, Listen to my prayer, O God, do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts travel me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I have the wings of a dove. I will fly away and be at rest. I will flee far away and stay in the desert. I will hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm. Lord, confuse the wicked. Confound their words, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they prowl about on its walls. Malice and abuse are within it. Destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave its streets. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide it. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walk in the realm of dead. Um, I want to jump to verse 22 says, Cast your cares on the Lord. And, I will, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord God, for your word. And thank you, Lord God, for this psalm, Lord God, in which we can see, Lord God, the level of fear that King David was feeling. We pray today, Lord God, for anybody who might be experiencing that fear. That fear, Lord God, of maybe failure, the fear of sickness, the fear of death, the fear, Lord God, of being alone, the fear of betrayal, the fear, the fear, Lord God, of whatever it is, Lord God, we pray today, Lord God, that we will cast our cares on you because you sustain us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. So let me share with you uh, something that I discovered a few days ago. The Gallup organization, they did a survey with thousands of Americans to find out what were the fears that Americans feared the most. So it was very interesting. You know, as I was reading uh, the statistics, I found out that many of those fears I have. Uh, 
So this is what they found. Did you know that the number one fear that Americans have is? Snakes. <laughs> How many of you guys are afraid of snakes? I don't like them. Even when I go to the zoo, I go like, I don't want to see snakes. You know, they remind me of Adam and Eve, and, and I just have a problem with that. So number one fear of Americans is, according to the survey, is the fear of snakes. Um, the number two fear that Americans have, 40% of people are afraid of public speaking. People do not like coming to the front and speak. And I was thinking, you know what, that might be true because there's a lot of times when I have invited people to come forward so that we can pray. And sometimes I know, I know that there's people sitting that urgently need the touch of God. And when I make the invitation, they just open their eyes, you know, like waiting for somebody else to stand up so that they can stand up and they don't come. So, yeah, I think it's, it's true. 40% um, of people, they are afraid of public speaking. In fact, look at this. The survey found that a lot of people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of dying. Wow. 30% of people fear. How many of you guys fear public speaking? So raise your hand. Like one or two? Oh, nice. You look the rest. All right. We need more life group leaders and preachers. So I'll take that into account. Um, thirty percent of people fear heights. Uh, how many of you are afraid of heights? When I fly, you know, back to El Salvador, it's like five hours. I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord! And and I see that the plane starts flying on on the ocean, and I'm like, oh wow! I don't know how people from Madagascar do it. Like forty hours flight, you know, all the way over there. That's 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 a lot. Uh, 34% of people fear being closed in small spaces. You know, that is, that is true. I, I have a co-worker that she's very unique. When we finish work at 5 p.m., we all, we all work on the second floor. So, you know, 5 p.m., people are ready to just fly and go to their cars and leave, right? So sometimes we're going in groups at the same time to the elevator, and my co-worker, she has to go first on the elevator for herself because she can't be in that small elevator with a lot of people inside the elevator. So, yes, a lot of people are afraid. 34% of people are afraid of being in closed spaces. 27% of people fear spiders and insects. How many of you fear spiders? Yeah, especially the big ones, right, when you see a big one like this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very true. So 21%, oh, hear this. This is mine. 21% of people fear needles and getting shots. Please do not touch me. Right? Yes, 21% of people, maybe it's men, 21% of men, but it says people uh, getting shots. 20% fear mice. How many of you fear mice? Nobody? That is great, you know, and back in El Salvador, there's mice like this long, and they're very popular in the homes, you know, so you see them, you know, running and jumping, you know, around the house, sometimes one mouse, you know, following the other one, but this, this big, and sometimes I remember, you know, as a kid, we were very poor growing up, you know, like in a little shack, sometimes the mice, 
they run on top of you like early in the morning. You know, like at 3 o'clock in the morning, you feel something that runs all over your body. And you're just like, oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. And you just don't know what to do. But you're so sleepy that you can even react. So 18% of people fear flying on airplanes. How many of you fear flying on airplanes? Yes. Especially, the, you know, some airplanes that have been on TV lately. Okay. So, you know, many of those fears... Uh, People have those fears, but, you know, in the book of Psalms, we see that David is facing a fear. So when we are facing a fear, uh, there's a couple of things, you know, that happen. And I was reading that there's, there's actually fear. It's a, a group of involuntary reactions, you know, that we have in our body connected to our nervous system and our brain. There's two pathways, neurobiologists say, in our brain that react to fear. One is the short pathway and one, the other one is the, the long pathway. The long pathway goes to other places in the brain and reacts slower, you know, to a fear. That's why sometimes, you know, when something happens, you react like that. And sometimes when something happens, you just go like that and you're like, oh, you know, nothing happened. Because depending on what path, you know, your reaction, you know, takes place. But... Um, Something that I want to mention as a point number one is that when we're afraid, we dwell on the possibilities and we want to run, fight, or we distrust others. So look at what the Bible says. Uh, the first verses of the psalm, David is saying, listen to my prayer, O God, and do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts travel me and I am distraught. Isn't it true that when we are afraid of something, when we have fear, we start thinking about the possibilities that are going to happen. Oh my gosh, what if he leaves me? What if she leaves me? What if I'm alone? What if, uh, you know, the light goes off? What if I lose my job? What if things, you know, come, wrong, uh, come out wrong? What if it doesn't happen? Oh, what if God doesn't answer? What's going to happen? Oh Lord, please hear me. And this is exactly what David was saying. My thoughts travel me and I am distraught. Like, we don't have a lot of hope in our lives when we are, you know, experiencing a fear. And verse 3 says, because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me. So David is saying, you know, okay, David has an enemy. So the, re the fear is real. He has an enemy, and there's threats of death to David from wicked people who want to see him dead. And he says, those threats uh, and what people are saying about me, they bring me down and they bring down suffering in me. Do you know that there's a lot of people that are suffering in their lives because they are facing a fear? Sometimes we may not see it. King David, he was the king of Israel. He was God's anointed. He knew God. He had experience with God. He had a relationship with God. But in Psalm 55, he's saying, Lord, I am afraid. I have fear. Look at my enemy. Look at what they're saying. I am suffering. That's why at the end, you know, when King David reflects on his fear, he says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. So when we are experiencing fear, one of the things that we do is that we dwell, you know, in the possibilities. We dwell, you know, on what's happening. We, we, we're like, oh God, you know, we start thinking about the possibilities, you know, very fast. But I want to ask you this question today. Do you have fears that are real <clears throat> or maybe you have what if 
situation. Because sometimes, you know, we, we face a lot of situations that are, okay, what if it doesn't happen? What if God doesn't answer me? What if this goes the wrong way? What if this, you know, uh, doesn't happen with me? I want you to see verse number four in, in Psalm 55 that David, the suffering, that the fear is given him. In verse four, he says, my heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I mean, can we get more descriptive like that? When you have a fear. <clears throat> I remember a, a friend that I had in, in a church, you know, a long time ago that she wanted to get married. And she was a pretty girl, you know, she, um, but she had had very negative experiences uh, throughout her life and when I asked when we would ask her you know in the team hey so what happened with such and such she would be very dramatic you know in the way you know she would explain it oh Franklin that guy he totally like broke my heart threw it on the floor stopped on the floor shattered my heart to pieces and I would be like is she being serious or no she was being real like this is how much that breakup impacted her life so we dwell, you know, on the possibilities and the fears that David had, they were real fears. You know, he was really afraid that he was going to lose his life. If you see right there um, in the beginning of, the, of verse number four, he said, my heart is in anguish. Sometimes people come to church, <clears throat> they are facing a what if situation. They are facing a fear we may never know, but there might be somebody next to you who is suffering in her heart or his heart. There may be somebody in this place right now whose suffering is to the point of their heart is in anguish. Experiencing, you know, what King David experienced. We may never know. I mean, David, he was the king of Israel. He had men around him. He had the promises of God with him. But you know what? His situation was horrible. So one of the things, <clears throat> one of the things that, that we do, according to some uh, neurobiologists, some of the things that we do when we have a fear is, number one, we run, we fight, or we flight. Uh, let me share with you Psalms 55, 15. If you go to the first 15, verse 15 says, let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the realm of the dead, for evil finds lunging among them. So one of the things that we want to do sometimes is we want to run. We want to go away. Verse 6, 7 says, I said, oh, that I have wings of dove, I will fly away and be at rest. I will flee far away and stay in the desert. Just kind of like Jeremiah, you know, when he was facing this fear, the first thing that we want to do is we want to run away. We want to escape. We don't want to face the situation. We don't want to see, you know, what's going to happen to us. The second thing is that we, we want to fight or we want to fight. If you see um, verse 15, let the death take my enemies by surprise. There's a prayer in the Old Testament that is called imprecatory prayer. 
A lot of people in the Old Testament used to believe that if they cursed somebody in a prayer, that that curse, God was going to bring that curse on that person and that their problems, you know, were going to be solved. So that's why the King, King David is saying in verse 15, let the death take my enemies by surprise. How many of you have prayed a prayer like that? I hope not. Oh, God. I pray for my boss who is mistreating me. I pray that she will not wake up today in the morning. I pray that her car will not work, that she will get a flat tire. <clears throat> I've been there. So, he wanted to walk away. He wanted to leave. But verse 16 says, as for me, I call to God and the Lord says me, Evening, morning, noon, I cried out in distress, and he hears my voice. The fear was so big that it was causing so much suffering, suffering in his life, to the point where he was crying in the morning, he was crying in the afternoon, he was crying in the evening, and he's placing all in this sense. You know, one of the things that we also do when we have fear is we distrust other people. Look at verse 20. My companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenants. His talk is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. So David is expressing fear by distrusting other people. Even the people that are around him, he just doesn't trust. Everybody wants to hurt him, according to him. Even later on, you know, in, in the verses, verse 20 and 21 and 22 and 23, David says, by you, God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of decay, the bloodthirsty and the deceitful, will now live out half their ways. But as for me, he says at the end, I choose to trust you. Do you know sometimes that people express fear through anger? When you see people around and sometimes they are angry with you or they are angry at you and they're saying things, we have to think and we have to see that sometimes it's not that you have done something wrong. It's not that you have hurt him. Sometimes fear is in the heart of these people. And they expressing their fear by distrusting others, trying to fight them. And sometimes just by being mean to other people. Verse 11, King David is saying, destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave its streets. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe was rising against me, I could hide it. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed, once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshipers. He was not trusting, you know, one of his friends because he had been betrayed. 
Do you remember after September 11 in 2001, a lot of people were expressing fear against people who were Arabic descendant. I remember one time in South LA, I stopped at this gas station and I was, there was a guy ahead of me. I don't know where he was from, but he, you know, he was from, from the Middle East. And the guy that was at the gas station, he didn't want to give gas to this guy. He said about work, and he said, you get and everything, go away from here. You're a terrorist. He said it very loud. And I saw this Middle Eastern man just, you know, looking down with fear. He walked away. He got into his car, and he left. I felt like jumping in. So this person, his anger, his fear, he was expressing that fear through anger. And sometimes, you know, that's what happens with people. They are facing that fear, the fear that they have. They're not realizing that they are venting, that they are expressing negative things against other people. But it's not anger. Sometimes it's not even true. Sometimes what it is, is a fear that they perceive in their hearts. So we have to be wise when we see people like that. Does this person really hate me? Or does this person have a fear of something? What is it? What is it? So David expressed fear. You know, he was very dramatic. He expressed it. Um, I have seen people, you know, when they see a, a cockroach on, on the floor. And I've seen men do it. They jump like so high, get into the table, kill it, kill it, kill it. Even in my own work, you know, sometimes when I hear people screaming, I know it's a little spider. And it's true. I, I get up and I turn around. It's like a little spider, you know, like falling, you know, from, from the ceiling. And it's like this big, big, big deal, you know, but some people have really a fear of that. I don't criticize them. I don't say, oh, my gosh, you know, you're afraid of that? Come on, dude. It's not going to kill you. No. Their, their fear is real. So whatever you're facing today, if you have a fear of something, I want you to know that in the end, David said, oh, God, people want to kill me. People are betraying me. People are sending me threats. People want to see me death. Even my close friends, you know, they are betraying me. Oh, my gosh, the whole city is against me. Everybody in the town wants to see me death. I have to run away. I'm shaking. I'm sweating. My heart is pounding. I can't sleep. I cry in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, you know, during, during late evening. I cried all the time. But in the end, he put his fear in perspective because he knew that the same God that helped him overcome problems in the past, he is the same God that is with him in the present. That's why he said that cast your fears, cast your cares on the Lord because he will sustain you. You know, the Bible, <clears throat> the Bible doesn't say, Cast your cares on the Lord or cast your fears on the Lord and he will take your fears away. It doesn't say that. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. I think sometimes God doesn't take the fear away, you know, that we have. 
but he will give you the courage to face that fear. He will give you the strength to overcome that fear. And whatever it is, whatever that fear is, David said at the end, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. So what's your fear today? Is it a certainty about life? Is it betrayal, you know, by others? Is it a physical situation? Financial insecurity? Illness? Whatever it is, today we can come before the Lord and we can say, Lord, I give it to you. And he will sustain you. Let's close our eyes and pray. <clears throat> oh, Lord, uh, right now, God, as, as we come before you, whatever fear we may be facing today, sometimes, Lord God, we dwell in the possibilities like King David. What's going to happen? Where is the answer going to come from? Where is the provision going to come from? Who's going to help me? Who's going to open doors? Who's going to take me? Who's going to provide? Where is it going to come from? Where's the answer? We dwell in the possibilities of the wrong side of what we're facing. Sometimes, Lord God, we even become so used to creating worst-case scenarios for our fears all the time. And David had a fear, Lord God, that was real. His life was in danger. People were betraying him. People were saying lies about him. He was being persecuted. The whole town, the whole city wanted to see him dead. But at the end he said, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Whatever the fear is that we're facing today, Lord God, in our lives. Maybe it is the fear of not having a place to live. Maybe it is a fear of becoming homeless. Maybe it's a fear of what if my relationship doesn't work. Maybe it's a fear of what if my finances, you know, do not recover. What if I continue to get older and, and I don't have anybody. Or, or the fear of death. The fear of being lonely, alone. The fear of... Of being in a different city, different country. I don't know, Lord God. But what I know is what David said. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. So I pray for everybody right now. And I pray, Lord God, that we bring up those fears before you. But we trust you at the same time. That even though you may not take that fear away. But you told Joshua be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous. And I will help you be successful. We praise you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.